Hello and welcome to Move the Line, Prop Drop Show. I'm Ryan Noonan, back with my friends to talk about the most profitable way and we think the best way to bet on NFL football, and that is through player props. Live, 2 p.m. Eastern here every Friday. Get your favorite player prop thoughts in as well if you're hanging out with us on YouTube. Did Noonan just cut out there in the mid-intro? Okay, I was wondering if that was just me. I was like, am I frozen? Is Connor frozen? What's going on? Good. We'll do the show without Noonan. So it's the prop drop, four for four. Yeah. What's the discount code over at four for four, Connor? Yeah, discount code next level gets you 25% off of any package for the listeners in there. And yeah, that, that's funny. I, I, w- I always wait like a minute to make sure that it's not me and then it's them uh, before I like chime in and say anything. Well, we um, have the inmates running the asylum at this point. So I'll get off on props here. I I, I want to run one by you because this Marcus Mariota passing prop is down at 170 and a half right now. Like it's got to be right around here or wildly lower, right? Like there's no going 350. No, no. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's basically just like how much do they run. It's and I don't really think they're gonna have too much success passing the ball. So I feel like. He could end up in like that 100 to 120 range. I wouldn't be surprised. Plus no Kyle Pitts too, for whatever that matters. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it somewhat limits his upside if for some reason they decide to pass here. So yeah, I don't, I don't think that like there's any massive upside uh, with Marcus Mariota, but yeah, well, I mean, are you, you're eyeing that under at 170 here or what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to make that my first one for the week. Marcus Mariota under 170.5. You know what? I got to go back to like unders all the time. I started to go like this crazy over thing like midway through the season, and I feel like it's really been costing me. I've been doing great with unders all year long. Turns out unders are the way you really want to bet. Who would have thunk? Yeah, right. It's it's funny because I actually had the same like revelation this past week too, because I'm like looking at my year-long stats and I'm like, whatever, 57% on unders and like 47% on overs. I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm just punting away money, you know, and I'm losing all these close bets. Uh, and I was like, I gotta stop. So I think my card right now so far on the whole week is like four unders and two overs and that still might be too much. So, um, yeah, I like that, that, uh, first under there and I'll get us started off with, you know, another one as well before Noonan hops back on here. Um, I took Saquon Barkley under 69 and a half rushing yards combined for just 61 rushing yards on 26 carries each of the past two weeks or the past two weeks combined. Uh, I just don't really think he looks the same. I think he's getting a little bit worn down here as the season goes along, you know, matching kind of his rookie workload at this point. And now runs into Washington, who's been playing great run defense, fourth and run DVOA, sixth in explosive run rate allowed, just 4.1 yards per carry to opposing running backs. And the Giants offensive line is getting a little bit healthier. So I think that he should be a little bit more efficient than we've seen in the past two weeks. But another note too, Barkley only outcarried Gary Brightwell 11 to five against the Cowboys. And maybe some of that was a short week. I think that's could be it, but still we're looking at like, I mean, I think that they probably mix in someone else a little bit more uh, to keep him fresh and tough matchup. I felt like the number's a little bit too high here uh, for Barkley. Any thoughts on him? I feel like he has a good contrarian play in DFS if that's like entirely wrong. But for prop betting, I thought the under was kind of a good look. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. And I, I kind of go back to Washington every single week as it pertains to the running game and how much I liked Atlanta's running game last week. But that's more of an Atlanta-based thing that everyone who says that when Atlanta goes up against these fierce rush defenses, that you know, they're going to be shut down, but they're not. That's all they do. And it's so unique. When you take a look at what the Giants do, it's not incredibly unique. There's a ton of teams that play a ton of RPO, have a running quarterback and this bell cow back. The only issue is like I think you kind of hit on it like as a contrarian play in DFS I completely get it because it's one juke and he's gone although he looks like he's slowing down doesn't it yeah I kind of agree it's like 
early in the season or like, I guess after the first couple of weeks, I mean, there were some just vintage Saquon Barkley runs and I'm like, oh, he's back, you know, and then we just haven't really seen that lately. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a solid look there. Uh, before we get to our next one, we got a, a listener question here from Joey Kanish asking for you, Pat, saying, can you ask Pat how, go, how it feels going from his weekly show with a true professional like Feinberg to having to do this show with you two schmucks? Well, there's a lot less yelling on this show, which is not, I mean, that's sort of a hallmark of my shows to begin with. But I like the different perspectives on everything. You guys, uh, listen, Feinberg's just, you know, he's got a big gut, so he's going with the gut. And he tends to be right far more often than he's wrong, which blows my mind somehow. But you guys are like, hey, I'm running projections. Hey, I like unders. And this is just a completely new world for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's a good answer here. And, uh, you know, Joey Kanish made recently famous by his tweet uh, going by Iranian tweets. Yeah, I thought that's that was hilarious. I mean, he's getting a ton of he's getting a ton of hate. Um, but I mean, he's getting now like promoted on like Outkick and by Tommy Laren or whatever or someone else. Like it's just like uh, it is definitely reached the point where it's, you know, reaching the types of media who might actually think that he was being serious and not just uh, being constantly, you know, nagging and, and joking about which is just joey kanish because it's all just a bit like he's a very normal guy i know i know kanish um he does bet a lot does do well with that but his information game uh you know unbelievably successful with national anthems and info and stuff but other than that complete clown on twitter and uh yeah um all right well it looks like noonan i don't know if he's gonna be in or out so i guess we'll just keep rolling maybe his internet died uh what's your next prop here well, I want to give a shout out to Joey as well. We're we're both contributors over at the Hammer HQ, and you know we do I do fun shows with Pizzola and Cam over there, Feinberg and Tim over there as well. Just another resource uh, for some fun betting content. I'm going to go to another under. Uh, it is DJ Chark under 40 and a half receiving yards in this Lions game. Like I, I don't quite know why it's so high. It was a lot like the Terrace Marshall line, at least the Terrace Marshall line a week ago made sense as it pertained to what he had been doing all year long in terms of the past month with PJ Walker and, you know, big numbers, lots of targets. Like, well, now we have Sam Darnold in the game who he has no connection with against a good pass defense. Of course, we're going to go under. I think he had like one catch for 12 yards or something like that. When I get to DJ Chark this week, I mean, yeah, this game is going to be a shootout potentially. Uh, you know, it's indoors on the fast track, but you just go back like DJ Chark is barely playing. And yeah, he's their deep threat on this team. Whatever. Maybe he gets the one and that's good enough for the over. But like, what can you really bank on DJ Chark for? Maybe two catches in this game? Like, I, I have this line set at like 19 and a half and it's 40 and a half. So big under for me. Yeah, this line looked really high when I first saw it. We played the under 36 and a half on Thanksgiving last week. And the subs were, I mean, dripping sweat in the chat after he had like a 16 yard catch and three targets on the first drive. And I'm like, guys, like, Unders are not dead until they're dead. You know, it's okay. I think he saw what well, he said one more target the rest of the game, and that was his one yard touchdown catch. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's like, he's, his usage is a little bit better, but he's still kind of just rotating in. Like, Josh Reynolds is active. I think at some point, Jameson Williams will play a role in the offense as well. And so, yeah, I mean, he's he's there. I think that 40 and a half is, is probably a little too high. I'd probably put it closer to like 35 or 30, uh, given the nature of this game. I think Jacksonville's defense has proven to be pretty bad at this point, I think, especially the last few weeks. But, yeah, that's that's a pretty good look uh, on Shark unders there. I will yeah, hold on. My my, okay. my projection on Shark this week: the medium projection, two catches for twenty-one yards. Yeah, I know Action has him at like twenty-four, and we have him at. Let's see here. Let me shift over 
to our I'm DJ guessing Griffin. it's not over 40 and a half. No, it's certainly not over 40 and a half because I mean that's that just seems a little bit crazy given uh you know what we've seen from him here. Yeah, we have him at 32. So that still seems high, to be honest. Yeah, let's roll. Um, all right, next one for me. I'm gonna go with an over here. Jalen Hurts over 218 and a half passing yards. I think this number has come down a little bit from his usual number in the mid to high 230s uh, because he's had the last few games, he's been under 200 passing yards in each of them. But I think this matchup specifically dictates more passing, uh, like an entirely different game plan. We were on the Miles Sanders overs last week against Green Bay, which was a run funnel defense. They're like dead last in run defense and top 12 in pass defense. Tennessee's the opposite. They're a pass funnel defense, first in run defense, and they're just like average at pass defense. 20th in explosive pass rate allowed. So I think that we see the Eagles probably attack them via like a short passing attack instead of uh instead of the running game here. And so I think in this spot, if you're banking on volume for Hertz, we're probably getting well over this 218 yard mark. Uh, and even if not, I think he still has a chance to hit it against this Titans defense. I mean, if they if they go in there and just try and run the ball like you know, whatever, 30 times, 40 times, I think that they're gonna be basically dust against this Titans run defense. But you never know. I mean, they've been doing a ton more designed runs uh with Hertz. But still think that this this is too low on the passing yards. We had him we have him projected for 236. I have him projected for where are you at, Jalen Hurts? Uh, I would actually in this game, I just think that AJ Brown is such a bad matchup for this Titans defense, you know, in the revenge factor. Never, yeah. never forget that part of it. I, <laughs> no, I have him yeah. at uh, 238.8 yards in terms of the over-under passing for him in this game, but weighed out on the rushing, like 42 yards rushing. So, you know, if that boosts up to 80 yards rushing, it's probably going to take away from the passing game, but just they're going to throw jump balls to AJ Brown all game. And he's going to come down with all of them. Yeah. I, I, I think both him and like Devonta Smith, if they do implement like that shorter passing attack is just like Devonta Smith gets open, you know, really quickly. And, and AJ Brown's able to take a slant to the house there. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I really like the over on this spot. I actually talked about this on another show. I was forced to put together like a longer shot bet. So I did a, a par same game parlay on DraftKings. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I know. That's the <laughs> welcome back, Noonan, uh, to the same game parlay prop drop show with your first uh, bet here. Jalen Hurts over 269 passing yards and Miles Sanders under 54 and a half passing yards. It's plus 600. So if they're having success passing the ball and not having success running the ball, I think it's, I mean, it's kind of correlated. And I think that in this spot, like plus 600 for both of those is very reasonable. Any, any thoughts on that? Or am I a little crazy with that one? I, I like it. It's just, I, I like it. It's funny because Miles Sanders has actually been quite good this year. It's just, I love sure. fading Miles Sanders. It's like my favorite <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. Miles Sanders unders are actually on my list today. So I was curious. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that at the, at the end. It's wild to be on the internet all day on the internet with you guys. <laughs> we hit the green light to go. We start and then the uh, the uh, internet does not want to do its thing. So uh, sorry about that. That's my spot to get the show off the ground and up and running. And here I am. And I mean, me, me and Pat rolled with an intro. We gave a promo code. We gave a discount. We had a little bit about Joey Kanish at the beginning. It all, all was well. Oh, I didn't miss much if it was Kanish. So we're good. No. <laughs> well, the the other part of this as well is we've already ran through two picks a piece, Noonan. So you got to catch up. We need two from you. Two from me. Okay, we'll get started. Um, all right, let's see. First one, Nick Chubb. Longest rush over 19 and a half yards. Uh, this is available on DraftKings at minus 110. MGM has it at minus 105. Posted it in our Discord this morning at 18 and a half. I think now that we're at 19 and a half, it is fine. I think over 93 and a half is a spot I, I love to get Pat's thoughts too, because this feels like one of those spots where it's just like we had it with Tyreek last week. We didn't even know what the line was, and you're like, over. But like the Texans are didn't hit, but they, like, theoretically, 
alpha play. And I think this is another spot where last week, why that didn't hit is game script kind of got wonky and it could happen here where maybe Chubb gets a little bit, um, you know, maybe doesn't get like full four quarters worth of work. Cause they couldn't, they could destroy this team. Texans have allowed the highest rate of explosive rushes on the season. They are bottom three, basically in any meaningful run defense metric, terrible tackling team. And Chubb is like first in elusive rating breakaway yards. He's topped this in nine of 11. Uh, two times he's fallen short. He landed on the number against New England and then really struggled against Buffalo. But those are two top seven rushing defenses. Texans are not that uh, in any way, shape, or form. So love, love, love Chubb going uh, over 20 yards at some point in this game. Um, and then number two, I'm going to take George Kittle over 41 and a half receiving yards. This is minus 115 on MGM. It's juiced up a little bit on DraftKings. I'd probably wait. Um, and maybe let it come back down to like a normal uh, normal price. Like Caesars is at 43 and a half at minus 145. Let's wait till we get a normal number if you don't have access to the MGMs. But I, I love this spot for Jimmy G and the uh, Niners passing game. Miami has been a sieve against tight ends this season. They are 29th in football outsiders, DVOA metric against the position. And then they've just been targeted a lot there. Um, they've seen the second amount of uh, receptions allowed and the third highest rate of targets. They have allowed 10 more targets than any other team that's played 11 games. Like the Cardinals have been like the premier spot to go against tight ends, but they've played 12 games. This is their bye week. So I uh, love this spot. We've seen really two like last couple of weeks, really good tight ends have crushed. Uh, Friar Muth, eight for 75. Hawkinson had 80 yards in his last game as a lion against them. Uh, Cole Komet was right in this number. Even Jordan Akins last week, five for 61 and a score. So tight ends have been a real problem. So I just think this is a really clear pass funnel. And Kittle in really good matchups like he had against Arizona a couple weeks ago. I know Connor played that one, uh, has really kind of crushed. And then you have Debo limited here too. So I uh, love, love uh, Kittle crushing in this spot. So I'd uh, love to get your guys' thoughts here. Uh, yeah, the Kittle one I like I like a lot. The Nick Chubb one, I just have had no success playing longest anything. So I kind of just stopped. I think that I need to just start. I need to find a way to analyze those. And I feel like it'd be really profitable to just take the unders on a lot of those, especially like non-explosive attacks like Chubb obviously for me is, is a stay away on any unders but you know just in general those markets like longest reception longest completion uh I feel like you would probably just blanket bet unders in a lot of that and probably do pretty well but I don't know maybe that's just me speculating I, I really like the Kittle one it was on my short list as well yeah I just I feel like there's so many reasons why it makes sense and it's coming down too which I'm the market did not move with me with that one but that's okay it doesn't mean it's a, a bad play that'd be a good offseason project too Connor see if we can like retroactively run some of the longest uh, stuff and see how that would kind of play out. And if we could, where's Sam? Yeah. I'm not yeah, telling him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you tell Sam. I, I don't know if he listens to the show, but Sam, you know, shout out to you for all the tools and that will be a request in the off season uh, from your, your loyal betting team. I'll let you, uh, I'll fall under your jurisdiction here. So, all right, we're back up. Internet seems okay. Should be all right. Uh, again, if you're hanging with us, jump in the chat. Let us know anything that you're considering for this week. We'd love to get your thoughts on some of that stuff and more. We'll uh, kick it back to Connor for number three. Yeah, I'm going to go with number three as Jarvis Landry under 41 and a half receiving yards. This is still minus 110 at MGM. Uh, a little bit juiced up, I think, at DK. But under this in six of seven games this season, last time we went over was week one. Played only 56% of the snaps each of the past two weeks. Now draws Tampa a pretty tough Tampa Bay defense. It's a little bit healthier. Landry's still limited in practice with an ankle injury, so I expect his workload to remain similar. Uh, I think I'd play this probably 38 and a half. Our projections are only slightly lower, but uh, I don't know. It just seems like the upside really isn't there. So in, in the majority of games, he's probably going to go under this number. 
Yeah, I tailed it. Uh, Pat, what do you have? Uh, I don't know if you have access to your Landry numbers. Oh, yeah, I got I got access. I really got to scroll down to find them. <laughs> yeah. Is the thing. Let's see here. Jarvis Landry. It's not been great. Uh, that says Cortland Sutton. Now it's because I don't have the Monday night game in here. So I have to rerun everything. I can do that pretty, pretty easily. Let's see. Monday night. Oh, boy. Too bad the Buffalo game. I, I know we're just doing props, but like I made a huge bet on Buffalo last night and I feel like just coasting the rest of the week. That's always fun, right? It is. A good Thursday night is a nice, uh, good start to the week. I, I just, I didn't see what people were seeing in New England. I just, same. And they moved like massively too. We're pretty confused about that. Landry, I have it three and a half for 44, but I'm kind of with you guys. Like he just, he doesn't get the ball. This team sucks. <laughs> yeah. He's just kind of there. I don't know. 40 seemed like a big ask for a guy, a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, outside of what it was 114 in week one against the Falcons, it's been 25, 22, 7, 37, 33, 20. Like it's not great. He's not the, you know, even close to the, you know, top of the pecking order of targets in this offense. So tough spot too against the slot. Antonio Winfield in the slot. It's been really good. So uh yeah, I'm I'm liking that one quite a bit. Do you think Gibson I haven't seen the latest injury report? Is Antonio Gibson gonna play? Uh I think he plays. I think you got a limited in today, right? Yes. Uh yeah, he got a limited, but he was like re returning kicks or something like that. That's what I thought he was he was saying. I mean, back to that narrative. I thought he was just like kind of like warming up a little bit. Um, I, that's actually part of my next bet though, uh, as well. I don't know if you're, is that, if that's one of your bets, Pat, uh, involving no. that, that backfield? No, I mean, I, I would like his over under rushing. I would like the over, but I don't, it's not posted at this point. So can't really go to that. Although it's going to be like 66, I would guess right around that number, but I'm actually going to go back to that San Francisco game that Noonan was talking about. Uh, didn't get it with Tyree kill last week. It's the first time. It's funny. We always kind of talk about, you know, could he get scripted out of the game? Will he sit on the bench? I feel like this is the first time this has happened. Like, this happens three times a year in the NFL, that they just yank their players five minutes into the third quarter. And good on them for getting out to too big of a lead. All he needed to do was catch that last ball that came his way, and he would have been to the over in just two quarters. So I'm going to go with his teammate this week, Jalen Waddle, over 66 and a half receiving yards. He's hit this five, six weeks just seems like the number is just too low on the amount of volume that he gets. And I don't think, and I could be way off on this, but I really don't think that San Francisco is going to limit this offense. I agree. I think it's a great spot for both passing offenses. You look at some of like the matchup stuff, the Niners, it's not like quite like Patriots where like overall season metrics will tell you that the Patriots pass defense has been terrific. They haven't played anybody. And really outside of the chiefs who had their way with them, the Niners really haven't gone against anyone either. Um, I think they'll probably be able to get some pressure, although it looks like they're pushing Turn Armstead to play here, which is interesting, but um, you know, probably a little bit limited with a peck injury. But I'm, I'm with you, Pat. I, I think that they're not necessarily up to where their metrics will tell you. I don't think that they're pushing him to play. I think he's pushing himself to play. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, I think Connor. Yeah, that's a big deal. With that. Yeah, it's a big deal for them. Uh, obviously, it, it just like goes both ways. As we talked about this on the, the other show, but it's like San Francisco or like Miami, the narrative has been like, oh, they just feasted on four straight terrible defenses, which is true. But then, like you said, San Francisco, you know, they've been bad against anyone that they play that's good. Otherwise, they played against just like horrible offenses. And so I'm I just am really impressed with what I've seen from McDaniel and like the scheming and like he's smart enough to know like, OK, my offensive line is banged up. I'm facing a pretty good San Francisco pass rush and the secondary is good schematically but you know obviously has flaws like how do we beat that like i'm confident in 
assuming rational coaching that to them, like doing something good. This is where I place where I feel pretty comfortable going with the assumption of rational coaching, knowing that they're <laughs> right. You know, even last week where they could have just run the ball over and over again, they still skewed pass heavy, especially early. Like they, and they got up big and they were still, cause I, as someone who had Jeff Wilson overs, I you're up 21 zip and they come out like pass, pass, pass. It's like, all right, they're just willing to do what they know is going to win. And I think they'll see pretty clearly here that that will be the pass. I took the top, the Dolphins team total over. Um, you know, we have some people, you know, in our circle that like that game over. I, I just, I think both quarterbacks, uh, I think like two attempts is interesting. It's like 34 and a half, just a good, a decent price, but the juice is out there a little bit. I think that's uh, an interesting look too. Yeah. I mean, like, a, I actually like that a lot. Cause you think about it, like, a you know, banged up Jeff Wilson, like, are they really going to just like run the ball a bunch? I mean, Wilson was just really cramps. Sense, so I don't think Wilson was, I think he just was, it was cramps for him, but I think like it's a banged up Mostert who comes back a little bit. I, yeah. I just think that McDaniel is smart enough to know they, they are really stout. They have great linebackers, strong defensive front, throw the football, you know, get it into Waddle in, in Tyreek's hands and let them do what they're going to do. They're pretty dynamic. And like Jimmy Ward, Traverius Ward, those aren't like, guys you need to stay away from like right i think a lot of it is scheme there so yeah i like uh i like all the passing stuff in in this spot for sure so all right next uh pat number three for you i just did that that was three for you thanks host i think it's back we're all over the the place today um (laughs) no internet messes you up uh i'm also going to do a receiving yards under here i'm gonna go with adam thielen under 48 and a half uh available DraftKings, bet rivers it's close on Caesars. Uh, MGM price is a little bit different. But since Hawkinson's come along here, Thielen has been the first read on just 10% of Kirk Cousins' dropbacks. Hawkinson doubled that at 20%, and we know Justin Jefferson gets a ton. He's the clear third option here. It took nine catches and 10 targets last week against New England for him to get over this number. Really low A dot. Um, and I really think this Jets passing defense is awesome. They don't use Sauce Gardner to shadow. Um, DJ Reed has been awesome too. So it's not like Thielen's going to run some stuff against just, you know, uh, DJ Reed or Michael Carter. He'll see Sauce Gardner too. Um, the Jets have been awesome against number one, number two receivers. Uh, there have been 101 players, receivers, quarter, uh, you know, tight ends, running backs that have seen over 40 targets this season. 101. Thielen's 2.2 yak is 98th out of 101 he's not doing anything after the catch here he is going to catch it and fall down so it's going to be a volume play and when you kind of look at what his reception number is in the market too it's four and a half juice massively to the under so pretty sharp market doesn't think he's going to get a lot of volume in the spot either so 48 and a half we're kind of right there we're a little bit below it too again which is rare for us uh in the projections currently so yeah i think it's a, a solid look for Thielen to to kind of dud out here a little bit uh connor what are your thoughts See, the only reason I was really close to like hugging this, the only reason I didn't is because I kind of like the over in this game. And I think that both like offenses push each other a little bit. So uh, I'm not definitely not playing the over four and a half receptions and I'm not playing the over. I just think that if we look at kind of how he's turned out with Hawkinson so far, it's been like right around this number most of the time. And like you said, or he went under against Dallas, had a massive game against New England with the nine catches it took him to get 60 yards. But otherwise like 25, 49 and, and 67 against, uh, you know, uh, just with Hawkinson. So if, for me, it was just a little bit too close to take the under, but I still think it's probably the right look. Yeah, 67 against Washington, too. It was like a 34-yard catch, which I think is by far as longest of the season, too. So, uh, Pat, any thoughts on uh, Thielen in this matchup? 
I haven't projected for like 10 yards higher than this. I haven't projected right around 58. Okay. Flying solo. Taking under, uh, you know, trying to trying to look for those under opportunities a little bit more. Uh, they're going to come in the tackle market, um, I think, more than anything else. But, uh, you know, I thought this was a good one. And we are cheering for Thielen over, I think we're close, actually. What, 700 was our season-long number for him? And he's like 533. He's pretty close. He's uh, he's 150 off right now. So in whatever, there's five games left, I think. So only six games left. So we, we should get there, hopefully. Should get there. All right, Connor, back to you. Finish it up. Yeah, my last one. Uh, or any other, you know, this is the spot where you can unload looks or things you're considering and stuff, right? Yeah, I've actually had like, I don't know, there's a decent amount of props that I liked so far out. Uh, I like Curtis Samuel here over seven and a half rushing yards. This is like maybe the most off-brand play of my life, but I love it. Uh, Samuel had four carries last week with Antonio Gibson getting slightly, uh, you know, banged up mid-game. Ron Rivera mentioned that Gibson probably will not be 100% this week. If he does play, they said that they're going to like work him back. Um, and he was limited on Wednesday, downgraded to DNP uh, Thursday, and then I believe did practice today, but I'm not sure uh, to what extent. Regardless, I don't expect him to be 100%. In the past six weeks, too, Curtis Samuel has four, two, four, one, four, and five carries going over seven and a half rushing yards in every single game. So given Gibson's injury, and like they also said that they don't want to increase Brian Robinson's workload, uh, I think that he probably gets in that like three to four carry range and maybe even a season high, which would be six. Uh, I mean, even in the three to four carry range, just getting seven yards is like nothing. Uh, and if he, even if he ends up with like one or two, I think he can still get there. But I really think that he ends up with like, you know, three plus carries in this spot. It's definitely a unique little play. Uh, I don't know if you have Samuel rushing projections there, Pat. Uh, I have him well below, but I don't think I have him inputted properly to tell you the truth because I still have Gibson running a pretty heavy workload at this point. I haven't updated for injuries as of yet. See, John Wolford is starting for quarterback. For the Rams, yep. no more Bryce. It's too bad. The rushing prop is hit. Wolford could run too. Can he? he always gets hurt when he runs? Yeah, <laughs> he can't until he's in the as long as he's in the game. I there was interesting news though. It was like Stafford was cleared, but he's just not playing. They're just like throwing in the towel. Or Smart. I mean, yeah, that's what Don't the Bears should be guys. doing. To be honest, see, is Najee Harris actually playing? He says he's playing. That seems strange doesn't it it does i mean the ramps thing is weird too because like they don't have anything to tank for it's not like they're tanking for i mean they're just keeping their guys alive i guess at this point but like it's not they have any draft capital they traded it all away or you tank to like benefit from an earlier draft position yeah but they're tanking so they can run it back next year with healthy guys yeah you probably don't want two concussions <laughs> in a week bless you two concussions in a week for uh for Stafford, not good. So, uh, no Aaron Donald. Uh, yeah, not a, not a great scene. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really surprised. I mean, do you guys think Justin Fields probably plays, right? I feel like they should be resting him, um, or at least just like one more week because their buys the week after, like, would make a ton of sense. Uh, I just don't know. I don't, I mean, it seems like he's going to play to me, though. How do yeah, we... I think he's going to, I mean, he's practicing in full. I don't see why he wouldn't play at this point, but it mm -hmm. seems stupid. Yeah. yeah. How do we approach that? Because this lines up as a great spot. For, for fields rushing. rushing because of uh, man tendencies and blitz tendencies of of the Packers, I can't do it. I mean, if they go out there and decide that they're going to run him 15 times, designed runs, I mean, they deserve they do not deserve Justin Fields. You know, they do not deserve to have him on the roster because he's obviously a dynamic athlete. But a couple injuries here and there, you can you've seen what happened to some of these guys where you know they rely only on rushing and it's not it just doesn't work out well in the long run. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it's posted at. But I understand staying away. But it's going to feel like, gosh, it's just a bright red buy. It checks all those boxes that we've been hammering all year. It's funny. Like, to look at the line now, it's down to three and a half from four and a half. So, that big indication that Fields is playing. All right, Pat, how about you? What are you uh, looking at or what do you have uh, for the last one? I don't know what to do with this Lions and Jags game. It does feel like there's going to be an abundance of points here. So I'm just going to go with the safest option that I feel with, at least. Amon Ross, St. Brown, over 76 and a half receiving yards. I haven't projected for the second most receiving yards of anyone on this slate. And what is this, like seven catches for him, if that? Yeah, his uh, reception number is six and a half, juiced heavily to the over two. I, I love anything Amon Ra. I think is he's just... He's a stud, first read option. He's just he's where golf goes. Uh, and this Jags pass defense is horrendous. So yeah, I, I it's on my list. Um, Connor, any thoughts on Amon Ra? No, I mean I gotta. I think I have to dig in a little bit more. But I really think that it's just like it's a smash spot for the Lions and uh, the Jags here on both sides. I, we talked about it. I think that like this game could end up having like sixty plus combined points. The total right now is like fifty one and a half. It also wouldn't surprise me for it to just be like. A kind of a dud, but even in that scenario, uh, I think that he could still easily get there. But if obviously if this game goes way over, like, I mean, he'll have like 120 yards and like 10 catches. Yeah, I like it a lot. I wish I almost would like to get like a seven and a half and I'd probably take the over. We get a nice little plus money on the receptions. His A dot is low, but he's still good after the catch too. Like, and if he's getting about 10 to 12 targets uh, with a, you know, insanely high catchable target rate because of the low A dot, like, yeah, I didn't. I'm with you. Like, I think there's, I want something in this game. I just don't know what it is uh, because I do think it's going to be probably a nice little back and forth spot. So it's probably one of those spots to, you know, piggyback on Connor. I know he's a big same game parlay guy, but not, if you wanted to make a same game parlay with some stuff in this one, I think that you can, uh, can find some creative ways to do so for sure. All right. Uh, let's see, Pat, any others that you're considering you wanted to run through or. Not really. Tell you the truth. I, I had okay. my four and I felt good about them. Yeah. I like it. All right, a uh, few that I'm, I'm interested in, like, a little bit off the board, and then I'll give you my fourth. I kind of talked about I think the passing is interesting in the Niners and Miami game. Um, Jimmy G, over one and a half touchdowns. Uh, Miami has the worst red zone defense in the league, by far the worst red zone passing defense. Uh, actually pretty stout against the run. Uh, I just I kind of like this spot for, for Jimmy G. I think it's like minus 120 for over one and a half touchdowns. Uh, not a typical uh, bet that I make, although – the other one that I continue to make every week and is going fairly well is Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns. There is not a whole lot of like dynamic analysis here other than Patrick Mahomes is really, really fucking good at football. Um, and then in big spots like this, he throws the ball a ton um, and they're going to throw the ball a lot here. Um, so Patrick Mahomes at plus money over two and a half touchdowns. That's just kind of the handicap. Uh, he's good and uh, he will probably do it. Uh, someone just asked in chat about Garrett Wilson receiving yards over. I like it quite a bit. I tried to play it at 58 and a half. It moved a little bit. Uh, I think bounced up to like 63 and a half and is now back down to 60 and a half. He's just, yeah, but it, it's juiced to minus 125 on DraftKings right now. He's just getting a lot of looks. I like the spot. Minnesota is really susceptible in the, against the pass. Garrett Wilson might make the card. I have Amon Ra on the list. Keenan Allen receptions, I think, is interesting. They're probably, they have yards posted. Similar to Amon Ra, like I probably want to attack like reception volume here. Um, when he gets posted, I think they're probably waiting for Mike Williams to get officially ruled out. And then what do we do with AJ Brown? Uh, just revenge game there, right? Like over yards. Yeah. 
74 and a half, um, I think is a, a pretty good, pretty good look there. So my official play though, I don't typically get to make official tackle prop plays, but they uh, were gracious enough to post a couple of things here early this week. I spent an embarrassing amount of time this week building out tackle projections. So no more like speculative matchup based stuff. Um, we went all in um, blindly tailed last night. The projections told us to take two unders, which were uh, did not sit easy with me, Connor. Um, but you nudged and encouraged me to take them and we got home. So um, we're going to trust the process here. We're going to Rashad Evans. Uh, plays with the Falcons, middle linebacker. Uh, over nine and a half tackles plus assists. This is uh, it's minus one ten on DraftKings. Uh, posted it in our subscriber Discord at plus one hundred. Um, so get in there. I still like it. Still have a nice value on it. He has ten or more in six of the past seven. Terrific matchup against the Steelers. Opposing linebackers against Pittsburgh are averaging twenty three point one tackles per game. It's the third highest rate in the league. Uh, this is also a home game in Atlanta. And that matters because they are a very generous spot for assists. Um, the Falcons are averaging 27.6 assists per game uh, is comfortably above the league average rate of 21.6. Now tackles and assists and how they're issued. And it's just a little bit more subjective than other stats, right? Like binary receptions is like, we all see it. Um, there's someone up in the booth that determines if it's a solo tackle or an assist. Um, so I think there is something from an outlier standpoint on the extremes when we see teams that lean heavy on a home team getting assists, whereas like the road team, they just find one guy and give him a solo tackle. Falcons are kind of one of those spots. So um, Falcons at home tend to go a little bit higher than league average. So I think this is a spot to exploit. Overall, Atlanta scorekeeper issues 1.24 tackles per opportunity compared to the league average, just is 1.15. I have Evans at about 10 and a half tackles in the spot. So pretty good price. Rashad Evans over nine and a half tackles. Connor, are you it. in? I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Also, I'm very proud of you for playing that under yesterday. You're like, oh, I don't know. It's an under. It's just like my first one. I'm like, just play for half a unit. You know, just like, just put it out there. And everyone, again, the same thing we talked about with Shark. He has like four tackles in the first, like, uh, you know, 20 minutes. And everyone's like freaking out and hits comfortably under they actually took away a tackle you said mid-game which don't know how that works but uh awesome you know great news for the under it worked for us at halftime yeah it was uh i had i think i had his initial playing time projection last night it was Jawan bentley on the patriots at like 78 percent of the snaps i cranked him up to 90 percent of the snaps which it had been the season high that he had played because you know his playing time had been all over the map and even at 90 percent of the snaps we had him uh at like 6.8 tackles so we took under seven and a half and he finished with five. Uh, yeah, because you know, again, subscribers have access to the tackle projections. You're going to continue to uh, spend just an insane amount of time every week. Now, I committed like I am like married to the injury report um, on Sunday mornings, or like you know, just before kick to make sure that those are are accurate. But I think it's a, a soft market. And I got really frustrated last week because there's like I have all these guys that I really want to go for. Guys I give out on the show here is like let's watch for like I'm going to give Jack Sanborn, Bears middle linebacker. Um, we have not got Jack Sanborn posted any week. Um, he's averaging 11 tackles per game since the Roquan Smith trade. They have not posted him. Um, so now I don't want to be beholden to the books and what they decide to post or not. I want to be able to plug in the formula because I have the, the, the weighted distribution you know, EV calculator that's tied to the projections too. So we can now just pop in the number and it'll tell us if it is a plus EV bet or not. So um, 
now we're not going to be beholden to the books. Uh, but give us more. Give us props early. So that's the one. Other Sanborn is the one that I want if he comes from the Bears. So um, we'll have to wait and see what happens with uh, projections. Oh, and uh, Foyer Aluakin, linebacker, Jaguars. It's typically eight and a half. You're going to be over on Aluakin in that game. Play volume in Detroit and Jacksonville. Um, he's probably going to be at eight and a half. I'm going to take over on eight and a half. I have him closer to 10. Nice. Um, I, I, I did one... just I did Number just four. find KJ Osborne under 21 and a half yards. I just was like that seems really low. But what you guys kind of said about how the Jets defense works, that he is going he's probably going to be the sacrificial lamb to Sauce Gardner, if I had to guess. Yeah, if they're smart, they'll just run him over there. Yeah, because we've I've looked uh, there's not a lot of I think Sauce's heaviest um, which shadow rate is like 40% this year. Like, and that's not even like, he's not even shadowing. That's just, he lined up against one guy 40% of the time. Cause that team sent that guy over there. So uh, yeah, I think that that's probably a pretty good look. Someone's going to go yeah. under for sure. He's beat, he's beat that number once in the past six games. And that was that weird overtime game against Buffalo. Does it say 21 and a half? 21. Yeah, I like half. this. Yeah. I like that. I like this. Uh, why did he play 57% of the snaps last week? Do we know? That's what I'm, I'm like. Did he get hurt or was was he is he being phased out? Because obviously the phase out, I think, even adds another layer to this as well. I mean, he could be with Hawkinson there because it makes him kind of redundant. I like it. I'm probably going to jump in on that one, too. So, all right. Got some uh, questions here in the chat. Um, producer Sal, you got to get me a yes or no. It doesn't look like we have a, a Producer Sal prop of the week. Um, we've been. Sal's been slacking. He, you know, we got just living off of all of his wins last year. He wanted to retire on top with a, you know, a positive ROI. Just hard to do in this space. He's probably sharp. Just wanted to get out of there. Uh, yeah, no prop yet, but he can pick a random one. We'll, we'll get to some listener questions here. My my biggest uh, simulated prop is Ryan Tannehill under 30 and a half pass attempts. It says it hits at around a 90% clip. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> that jives, is though. 30, 30 and a half? 30 and a half. Yeah. Connor, you've been taking unders on anything facing the Eagles this season. Yeah. I, I wonder how, cause a lot of part of my handicap was with Jordan Davis out. Like they're like the massive run funnel. Now he came back. He's like lost like 20 pounds apparently in like a couple weeks since he's been out, which is I think probably not good for like a run stuffing defensive tackle. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, but like if we envision the game as he's not like a massive difference maker, which I think he is uh, early on in the season, like, they're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry like as much as possible and probably pretty successfully. Yeah. I mean, they don't need him though, to come into a full-time role. It's why they added, um, you know, two guys in off the street here. So I'm not sure he comes in and has a massive workload anyway. It seems like a guy that has no problem putting the weight back on, you know, a couple trips to Chick-fil-A and you know, maybe some Philly cheesesteaks. He's probably doing okay. All right. Uh, yeah, Brian's got one that I like quite a bit here. Um, Trevor Lawrence, over 13 and a half rushing yards. Uh, looks like QBs versus the Lions are eight to three to the over. Um, good work there. Cousins, Zappy, and Dak um, have been the ones that have gone under. Yeah, Lawrence doesn't have a huge like design rate, uh, design run rate um, typically, but like is a guy that will scramble. Again, Detroit's been one of those teams where we look at you know heavy man, heavy blitz. Again, I just think the play volume here, I want to find different ways to get access to, to some stuff in this game. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Connor? Yeah, I'm into it. I was actually looking at potentially an under on that originally, but then when I started looking into what, how he's been doing uh, lately and just like the matchup here, like I think the over is a good look. And like, it's not, I'm not saying he's like a mobile quarterback, but he, I mean, he can scramble. Uh, you know, we saw that at Clemson plenty of times where 
you know, if things get a little dirty or he's trying to come back, like he'll do anything to claw back in. And uh, so, yeah, I think in a game that we expect to be a little bit of a, you know, high scoring shootout here, I think this is a good look. It's funny because he either smashes this number or it's nowhere close. Oh yeah. That's probably a good call. I mean, good points bet it if they have it. Uh, I doubt they'll offer alts on this, but uh, you know, if you find that worth a look. Yeah. I like that. Uh, is Drew Brees still alive? I, I, I heard that that <laughs> was, was a fake, right? Yeah, I think so. All, it was all a fake. It was like a, a marketing ploy by them. Odd, odd marketing ploy. Very strange to have like someone leak out that he like got struck by lightning, which is obviously very seriously concerning to many of us who like, I don't know, like Drew Brees is a serious, like, like he was a big part of our lives as a football lives for a long time. You know, I was a little worried about him. And then now they're just like, oh, you can play these lightning bets. Did you see like the, the commercial for it after? It was like some kind of weird prank. I don't know. It's very odd. The points bet marketing is weird anyway, right? They have like the one bet or the one ad that they run the most, at least that I see, is the dude just on the shitter just scrolling. And it doesn't even have any like, he's not even doing anything. It just has some like overlays about like, it basically is like showing you what he sees in the screen. Like he's live betting. I, it's just the weirdest. I, and I know that's probably where people do a lot of, you know, scrolling Levitan's got the bit that the, you know, people build their lineups on the toilet, but it's like just the yeah, weirdest thing. It's like, that, that's my bit. Uh, he's taking it from you. <laughs> he took it from you. I don't know if he took it from me or he both independently came to it, but I used to do, <laughs> run the shitter guy lineup on my show like three years ago. See? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, shitter better is the marketing uh, that's going on over at points about, which is, uh, which is very that's, interesting. So that's strange. I feel like some of the other sports books have done a pretty good job. I like, uh, well, the, the, the sports book who shall not be named, I think does a good job with their, you know, you make a million bets per day uh, show. And then DraftKings has been, you know, putting a bunch of uh, just a bunch of celebs in front of anything. And that's been working pretty well. MGMs are a little weird. I don't know. I've been seeing those. They're a little strange with the lion and everything. I don't know. Reminds me of uh, the Wolf of Wall Street ad with uh, whatever, like, the, you know, the company that they had there with the lion. It's, yeah. It's probably or, not professional. Jimmy, they do the same thing with DraftKings. Like they're like Jamie Foxx is calling, you know, Barry Sanders and Kevin Garnett to get their thoughts on uh, on his parlay this week. It's an interesting one. All right. Uh, Richie Grant over five and a half tackles and assists uh, minus 135. Thoughts if the juice comes down. I think I have Grant over this. Let me take a look. A little short for us a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you know, even at the juice, I have it as a plus EV bet. I have him at uh, 6.53. Gets a nice little bonus. Again, a Falcon at home. Um, so I'd probably wait personally to get a little bit better juice. This is probably a good look. If you play on any of the pick'em sites, uh, Connor continues to mop up on Vivid picks. Uh, if you're doing prize picks, uh, this is probably available uh, there. It will be eventually too for Granite five and a half. Would probably be the way that I would attack it. If you're looking to add a leg, uh, I prefer Evans in that game, but uh, I don't mind Grant's um, playing time is consistent. He's, he basically plays every snap. Have a pretty decent uh, projection on plays in that game too. So uh, Grant let us down. He owes us one. I think this is a week to go back. Yeah, I like that. It's also on speaking to Vivid. I was checking today with all of our subscriber deposits and like you can check on like who's played the most money on it. And out of all the people that have signed up, I have played the most money on Vivid out of like all of the subscribers the entire year, which is pretty embarrassing. It's pretty embarrassing. Honestly, I saw that and was like, this is kind of pathetic on my end that I've played this much. But uh, yeah, I guess not surprising given that I've won and just like recycled that money. But still, I was like, oh, yikes, this is this is kind of a bad look for the company. Soft lines over there. That's okay. Uh, Randy wants to know about no props, but wants to know about Steelers minus one and a half. 
uh, biggest lock of the year. Uh, Pat, any thoughts on Steelers laying a point and a half? I like Atlanta. Atlanta, you know, short week for Pittsburgh. I think that every metric would point to Pittsburgh. Uh, and it's actually one of the reasons why I kind of limited my bet on them on Monday night. It's like, I, I don't understand why this line is this line. This is very obviously Pittsburgh and it worked out. It was a winner. I feel like it swings the other way this week. That is my non-data specific take on that game. Just Atlanta's stupid. They play stupid games and they can just win this by two. Yeah, Connor, we didn't unpack this one uh, on our Wednesday show, but do you have any thoughts on Steelers-Falcons? I mean, Pat summed it up. Every metric points towards the Pittsburgh, so uh, I am the sheep that is taking Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, I, I still I still like them, I think, in this spot. Falcons probably an interesting teaser Like You could tease them through the three and through the seven if you wanted to, to back the Falcons. I think there's a few viable teaser options out there this week that allow you to do that properly, follow the rules. Um, Jonathan Taylor. Rushing over, I like carries when it comes out probably because I think they just they lean really run heavy. We've seen teams skew even heavier against the Cowboys uh, to avoid you know putting Matt Ryan in spots where he is going to end up on his back. Um, so while they can for as long as they can, I think you see them uh, go run heavy. And we've obviously seen Jeff Saturday establish it as much as possible uh, early in games when he, you know games are still within neutral settings. So. More so than efficiency or you know big plays, I think I probably like overrun carries for Jonathan Taylor when it comes out. Pat, any thoughts on JT? Not really. I have no real feel for. I mean, I like the Colts in the points this week. I feel like that's the only thing that I want, except for maybe Alec Pierce under thirty yards because he doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah, even Pittman unders are probably interesting again, but he's just got such a massive target share on that squad. Uh, Connor, how about your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it looks like 75 and a half rushing yards for Taylor. I would probably lean over, but I think that offense as a whole is just kind of a stay away from me. I was looking at considering a Matt Ryan under for the reasons you mentioned, but I hate betting unders in that guy because he just like, you know, it doesn't matter. There's two minutes left. He can drive the entire field with 15 dump offs. You know, as long as there's more than a minute left, he can bust any under. Nothing is safe. Um, I From that same game, though, it looks like there's some props up for Pollard and Zeke. Pollard's at 65 and a half, Zeke at 52 and a half. I, I don't really understand the gap that much. I feel like the only reason that Pollard was uh, like he, you know, was playing more was because Zeke was injured. And then now they only had two more carries. Zeke played better than him last week, uh, you know, on a short week, now a full week recovery. I feel like it's probably going to be at least split. And I know Pollard's technically more explosive, but I don't know. I feel like the gap should not be like 15 yards. Well, I think you could kind of look at it the same way of there's such big favorites in this game that there might just be enough to go around for both of them. True. Yeah, yeah, and, it, it, and Zeke gets a lot of the short yardage stuff where Pollard's between the 20s a lot of the time. So, uh, his potential for breakaway plays from those parts of the field, like Zeke might out touch Pollard, but the, the maximum, I mean, especially if they're near the goal line a bunch, you might see Zeke with six carries from inside the 10 yard line. You're not really piling up a lot of yardage from there. That'd be true. my guess. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point for sure. Zeke's looked okay coming back to, I don't know, maybe the time off is allowed him to come back a little bit more spry. I, I don't, uh, I don't disagree. Falcon or the Colts have been decent uh, run defense on the season, but again, I think the volume is going to make up for any specific matchup concerns in that spot. Um, Brian Robinson rushing overs from Sullivan. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we need to get a real clear understanding, obviously what's going on with Antonio Gibson before we make those plays, but uh, obviously an advantageous matchup against the giants who have been, you know, letting everything, kind of go uh it's just amazing that that team is still 
seven and four in the, the playoffs if the season were to end today. But uh, again, without knowing what we know now, Pat, any thoughts on Robinson? I know you talked about being interested in Gibson. Well, I, I mean, I'm not interested in Gibson. I'm interested in Robinson. I think I have him in every DraftKings lineup this week. And even if Gibson plays, I still like Robinson. Connor, any thoughts on this one? Uh, on Robinson? No, I mean, I think the over, like, I think that he should see like 18 carries, 17, 18 carries. So I like attempts over. I think rushing over is fine. Um, yeah, like, I mean, the over on him and Samuel, I think are both great looks, to be honest. I was just waiting. I didn't see a Robinson number. Did you, did you say that there was one? I don't think there is yet. But I, I think carries is probably stronger, though. There's one on prize picks. I think it's 66 and a half. Let's see. Yeah, 63 and a half, which is an over I like. Yeah, we have 72 and a half. Uh, it's 17 and a half carries, basically. So, yeah, I don't think the carry number gets that high. So, I do think carries is probably an interesting look as well. It's just a yeah, I have Robin. Result. I have Robinson 13 carries for 65 yards. And that's assuming Gibson's like full go. Yeah. Yeah. What do, you, what do we have for? Same. We have, well, we have Gibson for seven carries for 30 yards okay. um i mean that's about where i honestly that's about kind of where I, I see him if he does play yeah like oh. in that range justin fields off the injury report Damn. wow okay to see what i just would see what the number is if it's like if it's they put it back into the 50s i mean i think yeah i think i have to take the over again we were getting into like the mid 70s doesn't this feel like one hit and he's done you're probably right. He had a separated shoulder seven days ago, but now he's off the injury report. Give me a fucking break. He didn't get his uh, Uber Eats delivered last night either. I don't know if you saw that. He was pretty pissed yeah, I'd off. Be pissed. I'd be pissed too. Yeah, $90 of Uber Eats too. I mean, yeesh. Yeah, that's only really like 20 bucks worth of food. That's true. The fees are outrageous. Yeah, I, I just stopped using it so much. Like early pandemic, all about it. And that, now it's just like, you know what? I actually will go pick that. Like it's, it's worth my time to pick this up. Worst time ever is uh, my wife was in the hospital and late night Uber Eats delivery, go downstairs into the, like the, you know, main lobby and I'm just tracking it. Like, Oh, your driver's arrived. And I see the lights come up and I see the car It matches the car and the car drives past the hospital. It's like, they had to like make it look like they got to the spot and then they kept my food. Oh no. And it was like, Get one of those 9 30 at night and then by the, when i ordered it so by this time it's like you know 10 15 everything else is closed i can't reorder anything else everything is done for the night and uh, it was just the absolute worst i ended up having to jump through all the hoops to get the refund but it's like you bastard had you drove all the way to the hospital you committed so much to keep my uh, freaking chipotle or whatever i had that was just the absolute worst so don't be that guy i i have found they're usually pretty good for like maybe it's because i i have like super gold tier status at uber if i tell them anything is wrong with my meal they're like instant refund yeah it's just an email it's like no i didn't like this okay sir have it back i'm sure the canadian yeah. drivers are nicer too you know just in general no one's just gonna do that up snap. there trent Sherfield has beat his prop number in five straight games by the way They've started using more than just Waddle and Tyreek. Uh, I mean, not much. Like, they're still obviously very narrow target tree, but like at least like Sherfield and then uh, Cedric Wilson, I believe, has been getting involved oh. like a little bit. Yeah, well, he was more he was more involved like when they were in their blowout situation. Yeah. I mean, what are we getting for Sherfield here? Twenty and a half, at? I think. Just Revenge game in this too. offense. Oh. Just another one of the Niners that randomly plays for the Dolphins now. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, it's twenty-two and a half at DraftKings Sportsbook, juiced a bit to the over. But yeah, he's been above twenty-two, and yeah, five straight. Yeah, almost seventy percent uh, route participation last week. He's got like a really healthy, or nice, especially last week, pretty healthy a dot too. So like, he doesn't have to. He can do this literally on a catch. I, I wouldn't look too much into last week because he started being used a ton after all the starters were pulled. Sure. Last game before though, 64%, 59 the week's pre. Yeah. So like he's been, he's been in the mix. So not a bad look. Are you giving us any Juwan Johnson numbers? I know he's been used more and more for sure. Um, yeah. Except for the one week I bet on him. I think he had zeros. <laughs> That's always fun. Uh, let's see. We're we getting Juwan Johnson. I think we do have Juwan Johnson posted. No, not Juwan Johnson. Uh, yeah, Jennings. Juwan Jennings. Juwan you... Jennings. Juwan Johnson's the guy who plays for the Saints. Right? Saints yeah, tight he... end. Yeah, I'm talking. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking Juwan Jennings on San Francisco. That's who I thought you were talking about too. Not too. Yeah. Um, I thought we had Jennings posted. We, we do. Twenty-one and a half right now. Twenty-one and a half. Yeah. Pretty good number. I have him for twenty-eight receiving yards. Yeah, that's not bad. And Debo a little bit banged up. Yeah. Remember all those suckers that took Debo in like the second round in fantasy drafts? Oh, man. Yeah, they were, they were the rake. They just that donated. and Gabe Davis people in like the third round. Although I took Cam Akers in the fourth round, so I'm also an <laughs> idiot. Yeah, I ended up with a lot of Gabe in best ball, but like when it was like fifth, sixth round, you're starting to get fourth round. Uh, has not been paying off. But yeah, look at Jennings. I mean... Uh, 67, 62, so pretty solid, uh, you know, part-time usage, but pretty consistent. And the target share has been solid when he's been out there, 21% target per route run. Um, yeah, I, again, by leaning past that, he can catch one of Jimmy's uh, two touchdown passes in this game and be very happy. So Yeah, I, I did him on uh, Monday Night Football. He was uh, zero catches on two targets. But in the games surrounding that, 49, 40, 24, 18, 45, like – he gets his three, four targets a game, and he's used pretty far downfield. So I, I could see him hitting it over if it was low enough. Uh, let's see. Javon wanting to know about Zay Jones. Uh, four and a half. Chasing the dragon here after J Zay Jones uh, beasted last week. Again, we do like this game. We've talked about the game environment being pretty terrific. Uh, Connor, how about you? Any thoughts here on Zay Jones? Uh, this does not feel like a Connor Allen play. No, I can't. I just can't. Yeah, I don't know. I just have no real take on this, to be honest. Like, it just seems like he's, I know he's, his role is good. His usage has been good and he's been performing pretty well. But for me, it just seems like Zay Jones is just still kind of a, an enigma. Maybe I'm just like, you know, too late on this, but I, I just don't really, not really into it. Uh, he hit 10 receptions in week three against the Chargers. And the following week, he ended up with three catches for 11 yards. So, 11 catches for him coming off. He's beat this number in three straight, by the way, 5, 8, and 11 in terms of receptions, 14, 10, 5 targets. He runs pretty safe routes, so I think I would like the receptions more than the yardage. I just, I have a hankering. This is a big Christian Kirk game. I like Christian Kirk here, too. It was interesting last week, though, uh, Zay Jones had 14 targets. Uh, I saw this for Pat Corain. Um, All 14 came on Trevor Lawrence's first read. So, like, it seemed like they were scheming to get him the ball uh, last week. So, uh, but Zay Jones right there for the season, obviously leads in, in uh, you know, first read rates and uh, in the snap against Detroit has been pretty advantageous. So yeah, I think there are numerous ways to go in the spot. I just have to, you know, pick a lane and uh, there are a few, it's one of them. Zay Jones, um, 
yeah, plus money makes it interesting too. It looks like, or maybe it's plus 112, which makes it a little bit more interesting. So um, am I missing something here? What about Dallas Goddard from John? Um, Dallas Goddard is hurt. Is he back? Right. thought he was out, right? Yeah. So we'll, that, John, what is about he done for the season Goddard? or at least on IR, right? He was placed on IR. I didn't think that he was back though. Can't be he back has a, According to this, he has a positive shoulder update. Uh, he's not eligible to come off injured reserve till December 18th. Okay. So we got two more weeks, it looks like. So under. Uh, under on John on uh, Dallas Goddard. On him uh, stay away. Won't cash. Uh, can't bet it. So, all right. Sorry I failed you guys as a host this week. I apologize. I let everyone down. A reminder, I'm sure the guys did a great job telling you up front. 444.com slash plans. Uh, discount currently because we're more than halfway through the season, but next level will get you an additional 25% off. Uh, and then you could find all the great stuff that Pat does on the Mayo Media Network, uh, Pat Mayo Experience podcast. Uh, what cool stuff's coming on the feeds currently, Pat? Well, DraftKings show went out earlier today. Obviously, the spread picks, game by game breakdown, the best bets of the week. That's all available, both video and audio. At the moment, all of an injury update and uh, Top prize picks coming on Saturday afternoon once I get some more clarity on some of the injuries. And then I'll be live 7.15 p.m. Eastern time, sandwich in between those late games and the Sunday night game. Recap in the week with me and Cust. And this week, Ben Raza is everyone's favorite, Ben Raza. Ben's great. How can you love it? You can't hate Ben. There's nothing. Uh, just chills. Just, yeah. Just good vibes with Ben. Uh, Connor, what's going on with you? Props? Yeah, props, props, more props. Uh, also, I believe your guy Tambo is at the the beach. What is it like? Uh, King of King the Beach. Of the beach? Event, yeah, right? yeah. He, uh, I had to get Chris Meany to fill in for Tambo today. He's off two of the next three weeks because he's in San Diego for King of the Beach this week, and then two weeks he's in New Orleans for the Fantasy Football World Championship. So, you know, he might win like two million bucks and never want to do the show again. <laughs> he's been winning money for a couple of years, and I think he's still doing the show. So I think he's probably uh, good to go for you. So. He's been he's been printing. So good luck to Tambo. Uh, take home some cash. And you can what you can subscribe to what the, the podcast and you can get a piece of the action. Is that still going on? That's this week. Yeah. So we're gonna figure out the best way to allocate it. We're gonna you know you have to sub to something, join something, and we might just run like our own free tournament. Just do it that way. Interesting. Yeah. So he has to win the money first. Yeah. Somewhat, yeah, he, someewhat feels inevitable comes, which is wild if he comes first second or third he's given away 10 percent of the winnings to the pme viewers so you might want to start tuning in now so you, you can find out what's going on he might win 250k this weekend yeah we'll get a piece of that so maybe it's five percent now i can't remember it's up to ten thousand bucks that he's just going to give away if he hits a big good stuff check that out on pat's channels again good stuff as always <clears throat> of course i'm going to get a frog in my throat to finish because that wraps up a perfect show for me perfect game uh, out here. So for Pat and Connor and Ryan, we will see you all next week. Yeah.